0: Hello and welcome to this special online episode of Idaho Reports with Governor Brad Little. We recorded this conversation with the governor Tuesday morning shortly before the US Justice Department announced it is suing the state of Idaho over its abortion laws, accusing the state of denying life saving health care to pregnant women and violating the Federal Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act. Though Idaho's law criminalizing abortion does include a provision for the life of the mother, US Attorney General Merrick Garland said on Tuesday it doesn't allow for abortions to prevent serious jeopardy or harm to the woman's health. Idaho's laws criminalizing abortion aren't currently in effect, and the Idaho Supreme Court will hear arguments on August 3rd on whether it should stay those laws, as well as combine oral arguments for them during a potential future hearing, or remand them to lower courts. As the news from the U.S. Justice Department came out after our interview, we don't discuss that specifically in our conversation about Idaho's abortion laws. We'll continue to follow this story at Idaho Reports as it unfolds. In the meantime, here's the full interview. Thank you so much for joining us today. $1.4 billion surplus. That we closed out fiscal year 22, and what are your priorities for the upcoming legislative session?
1: They're the same. Well, obviously, we'll we'll see what happens uh, in the election this fall. But uh, you know, we're we're preparing to do the same thing we did before: uh, give uh, a healthy percent of it back. Uh, continued investments in education, continued investments in infrastructure. Obviously, we've done some incredible things in behavioral health, and we'll continue to work on that, but uh, as we see where we put money into education, we want to make sure that we, that we're successful. We've got a new dashboard that's coming out on our reading initiative, which is really my highest priority is to get kids reading proficiently at the end of the third grade. And as that data comes out, and it's available to teachers. Problem is, teachers aren't around right now. uh, But that will give us an indicator of where we need to target those dollars
0: you have critics on both side w- sides one saying that you know this is a budgeting problem if you have this much money left over in a state with a budgets like Idaho's, that means that you're neglecting some of the duties that the state has yet the, the other side says that if you have this much left over you've been taxing way too much wanted to get your thoughts on well, that well
1: <clears throat> nobody and as I alluded, I just talked to the uh, st- budget officers from all over the state. Nobody knows what normal is. When the federal government puts five or six trillion dollars, maybe seven trillion dollars into the into the economy, we know that that's not normal. We know that uh, income taxes, sales taxes, are going to go up and down from there. So everybody's trying to figure out what the new normal is. That's why we've uh, chosen to pay off. Uh, any debt that's available that we can pay off to fund needed infrastructure, make big investments in education, give part of the money back until we know what the new normal is. And all the states are are struggling with what's the new normal. The nice thing about it is if things tip over, uh, you know, there's rumors about a recession. You're going to be in as good a shape in Idaho as any state because of what we've done. Because we're prepared, you could spend it all, but then you build your base up. And if the it, the economy doesn't have to go down, if it just slows, you're going to be in a you know in a problem because you know we've had a 20 to 30 percent increase in revenue every year, and I don't think anybody thinks that's normal.
0: You know, as we're having this conversation, there have been a lot of Idahoans who have been hurting at the gas pump, you know, with gas hovering around $5 per gallon in Idaho. Other states have called special sessions to send out immediate relief to their citizens. Uh, why didn't you call a special session and, and send out tax relief in response to those gas we prices? We
1: did. Uh, whatever you paid in taxes last year, you got 12% of it back. Matter of fact, that 12% came right as uh, the, the fuel you know, I was I was ahead of the game. We'd already made the determination, uh, it, myself and the legislature, to give that twelve percent back. And in Idaho, most everybody pays income taxes.
0: So that that was an income tax rebate, but that was in motion before the gas prices went up this summer.
1: Well, but it was a, it was a, you know it would have been a windfall, had it not been for inflation. Uh, but but instead of a windfall, it was uh, exactly what people needed to compensate for. You know, if the CPI has gone up 10 percent, I give everybody back 12 percent. Uh, it's you know, and it depends upon where you are on the on the continuum, how much of your uh, disposable income you you spend. Uh, you know, particularly on fuel, and and so that's that's what we've done and then the other time and, and the same time we lowered the rates so you're paying you had less taken out of your uh check lowered the for tax taxes, rates for income and then taxes. we gave you a rebate in between because that's that's state money if if we do anything on the fuel tax side that means that some of the things we're planning to do as far as bridges and roads and other thing is going to be uh somewhat uh, disrupted so I, I'm, I'm comfortable but you know if it continues uh, we'll get ready to do another big tax rebate.
0: Even with that 1.4 billion dollars you're oh, yeah. worried about that disrupting the projects that are already no, no, in motion. No, no. We'll,
1: we'll, we'll give a, a big chunk of that back
0: I I wanted to ask you about the GOP state convention in July, one of the biggest news items to come out of that convention. uh, Was a resolution to limit Republican primary participation to those who had been registered Republicans for at least 25 months and those who hadn't donated or supported candidates from other parties? Among other restrictions, do you agree?
1: I, you know, the summer meeting uh, is where, uh, you know, these things are floated. And then, it, it's not totally dissimilar from the legislative process. Well, then you ruminate on them until January when they're implemented. And if you'll remember a year ago in January, they had a, they had, and I think it was the last time I was on, no, it was the uh, preview, uh, I got asked a question about allowing precinct committee people to select all the candidates. That was
0: in January 2022, yeah, yeah. right. And
1: I said, I, I, they, That was an idea that kind of rose to the top when people started looking at the uh, unintended consequences of it. And there'll be unintended consequences. You know, we finally, the Republican Party has more uh, people in Idaho than unaffiliated, but that is just a very, very recent uh, unaffiliated was has been our largest uh, block of voters in the state of Idaho. And I know those people and the, they're Republicans, but they choose to be unaffiliated.
0: So conservative, unaffiliated voters. So, so if, if I'm Reading between the lines of what you just said, it, it sounds like you're not thrilled with this plan.
1: Uh, well, you know, we got time to figure out what the unintended consequences of it. I, I just, you know, I, <laughs> I know a lot of people, and and it depends what, what county you're in. Uh, you know, if you're in if you're in Blaine County or Teton County or uh, in some of those counties, uh, and you want to. Uh, you're a Republican, but you wanna select candidates for prosecutor, county commissioner, whatever it is, you're gonna stay, of course the Democrats can go back and forth, but that's the way it is with the Republican. People wanna be able to participate to select some of those local officials, and if you don't participate in the primary, you flat don't participate.
0: What would you say, though, to criticisms of the current process that allow people to come in and and essentially pick a party's candidates for the general election for them?
1: I've seen that happen, but it doesn't last. Uh, I know people that have that weren't my kind of a Republican that ran and got elected, uh, and and you know usually in a light light turnout election, but our system works, and eventually. Uh, they lost. Uh, it causes a temporary issue, uh, but you know, your, your voting record is who, what you're gonna stand on. So I've, I've seen it happen. It's no different than the Democratic Party. Uh, I, I would just, uh, with uh, Governor Hogan of Maryland, the National Democratic Party, selecting the least capable Republican candidate to win in Maryland uh, so that the preferred candidate by the Republican Party there didn't win. Uh, people participating in other primaries it is you might get something in the short term, but long term, your record's still going to determine. And, uh, you know, I know people. Matter of fact, I, I think the candidate that brought this proposal served in the House and the Senate as a Democrat.
0: That That is true. You know, you, you said people who aren't your kind of Republican, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, it, I, I mean the fundamentals, long-term fundamentals of the Republican Party: uh, limited government, maximum freedom, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the lighter hand of government. Uh, those those fundamentals, you know, uh, basic Idaho family values that are not uh, not out there on either side. I've been involved in the Republican Party since 1964 when Goldwater ran. I've got a pretty good idea what Republican Party uh, politics are in Idaho. You
0: know, there are a lot of people in your own party, though, who would disagree, who have called you "rhino" for many years now. Uh, I'll say, and after this last convention, are is that the direction that the party is shifting? Is that telling you that this is this is what Idaho Republicans want? Uh,
1: the the Republican Party, uh, and I've watched this for years, has gotten large enough that. That nature abhors a vacuum, and if you don't have competition, uh, then there's going to be competition there. I understand that. I get it. I've I've seen it happen before. I remember what it was like in 1990 when we had a tied Senate, and it was a whole different uh, uh, deal than it is today.
0: Yeah, you know, I I wanted to ask you, of course, uh, of course, about Idaho's abortion laws, the the trigger laws, and the ones that are going to be in front of the Idaho Supreme Court. Uh, specifically the one where prosecutors can prosecute a doctor who has performed an abortion. Is this a workable law? How will prosecutors know if a pregnancy uh, is valid under Idaho's law?
1: Well, as I, in my, uh, when I, in my transmission letter, uh when i sent it back i said I, there there's some issue. you know i've been uh i've always been pro-life and i'm still pro-life but there, there's some we've got two different lawsuits that are going to be in front of the supreme court this month we've also got things happen at the national level so there's a lot of things in in flux and and we'll have to see i am concerned about that very question you asked about in a state with the least amount of uh, uh, doctors and even, and particularly pediatric doctors in rural areas uh, we've got to make certain that the unintended consequences because I'm, I'm, I'm pro-life and that includes the, the, the life of the mother and I'm very concerned about it if we have an exodus of, of good trained pediatric physicians.
0: So why'd you sign the law?
1: Well, I signed it because I was pro-life and I said, we're going to have to work some of these things out. We had an idea uh, that Roe was going to be the Dobbs decision was going to trump over the top of of Roe, but we didn't know what all the details are, and we still don't know. And we've got these two lawsuits.
0: If the new legislature that's coming in in 23, if they pass a ban on IUDs, would you sign it?
1: I, I will. We'll have. We'll, we'll. have to see. I mean, uh, uh, I. You know, I obviously. Uh, birth control uh, is, is, a, is a totally different uh, area than, than a, a fetal heartbeat situation. You
0: know, if, if there are more births in Idaho as a result of this law and, and if the court says that it can go into place, uh, is the state prepared to support these families?
1: It, it, we should have been doing it anyway. Uh, and, but now we're gonna, this is gonna predicate us doing more. Uh, you're familiar with all the good work we did in foster care, because we had some real problems in foster care, adoptions, mother support, uh, foster care, every one of those areas, uh, which is the right thing to do, uh, we will implement in Idaho. We will, you know, I'll have to sit down with the legislature, have to sit down with the Board of Health and Welfare about what we can do to, to be as, supportive as possible of, of uh, mothers in situations that are difficult for them.
0: We've been playing catch up with foster care through no part, or through no fault of the social workers who have been working so hard. Um, is this gonna be too little too late?
1: No, no I, I don't believe so. But I mean, it, it, it's gonna highlight the issue. Uh, it's going to make it. It's going to make it uh, more important, and that's. But that's that. That's a good thing, and and it dovetails a little bit with uh, what we're doing in the behavioral health area about what kind of support services uh, we provide to everyone, but particularly these mothers that are having challenging situations.
0: But there's lots of speculation nationwide that Obergefell is next, in both the Idaho Constitution and the Republican Party platform define marriages between one man and one woman. Um, do you support overturning same-sex marriage in Idaho? Uh,
1: I, of course, that's again, that's going to be decided at the federal level. Uh, I, I, if if I was, if I was uh, to make a prediction, I'd say I, I think it's going to stay the same way it is right now. I, I, uh, so I think it's, and and again, we just want to encourage healthy families. That's the most important thing. Is have an atmosphere for these kids, grow up loved by um, their family and have a, the best possible route to success in their lives.
0: You know, uh, recently, Idaho's two congressmen split their votes on the Respect for Marriage Act, which would codify protections for same-sex marriage. Do you agree with Congressman Simpson's vote to support same-sex marriage?
1: I. <laughs> I, knowing full well that that wasn't gonna make it across the rotunda, uh, sometimes those are symbolic votes. They're, they're important for them, but I, I'm more interested in subject, uh, you know, in in things that actually happen rather than the symbolic vote that doesn't have a chance of a snowball in hell of getting across the president's desk.
0: Hypothetically though, yeah. if you were, <laughs> if you were Congressman Simpson, would you have voted for that symbolic vote?
1: I, 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 I frankly, because it, had so little chance of becoming law, I didn't even spend any time on it.
0: I, I wanted to um, ask you about state employee retention as well. You know, the state of employee has about 350 job openings right now, and a lot of them are in the 14, 15 range. Right. Lots in the 20 dollars range. Um, construction and legal jobs, where people can make a lot more money in the private sector. What's your plan to catch up and retain those employees?
1: You know, it's interesting. I uh, uh, this was when I was uh, doing my uh, budget as lieutenant governor in front of where, where, when I used to go up in front of JFAC and I says you know this is a good problem that uh, wages are rising and every state agency has a problem and we're we're trying to be as creative as we can uh, to help some of these agencies uh, we're, we're kind of reworking how we uh, to make, particularly for those most competitive jobs. I think one of the biggest things we're going to have to do this year is in the nursing area uh, because nurses were so negatively impacted by COVID and then by the traveling nurse. So I, if I complain about state pay, I got a 1,000 businesses behind me going, what about us? Uh, so, uh, you know, we're, we're increasing teacher pay significantly uh, uh, 12% this year and really enhancing the benefits. That's what you have to do, but, I mean, we, we have the responsibility as state government, both the executive and the legislative branch, to do the same thing that businesses. How can we be more efficient? What can we do? Uh, you know, can we hire some part part-time, part-time people to reduce full-time positions? Uh, all of that's going to be on the table, but uh, you're not going to get much sympathy from small and large businesses and say, we're having a hard time doing retention.
0: You know, there you mentioned teachers, of course, which is critically important for our public schools. There were 900 vacant positions uh, among teachers earlier this summer. You said there's a lot on the table. Should districts have more flexibility to hire people to teach who aren't traditionally certified?
1: We, we should, but we we got to. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily want to open that floodgate all the way up because we still have to, as in any field, we still have to have uh, some level of professionalism, but you can't allow a, uh, a classroom to not have a, a science teacher, a math teacher. Uh, uh, and, of course, one of the areas we have the biggest problems is special education. STEM, special education are two of the areas where they, we have the biggest uh, problems in school districts. When I talk to principals and superintendents, I, I always, this time of year, how you doing? And some of them say we're all filled up, but more and more they're having problems. But it's just exactly the same problem as what you asked me about state. We We are victims of our own success because of our incredible growth that's taken place here in Idaho.
0: Lots of families moving here with lots of kids. Yeah. I know that much. Um, you know, along those lines, more and more parents are supporting public education dollars being used for private education. You know, dollars following the students is, is often what they say. What's your ideal setup?
1: Well, i you know, I have I think maybe the first charter bill was right before I got in the legislature. But I've been a, a huge advocate for choice but i've always said that i'm an advocate for choice to the point to where it's not significantly diminutive to uh, detrimental to the, our public education funding because uh, you know Boise's a heck of a lot different than than Midvale or fill in the blank from some rural area and and so we have to have a system of i mean we got a constitutional mandate to have a system of schools if we are if we dilute or significantly reduce the fundings available, you're, you're gonna have big problems, particularly in rural Idaho, and that's kind of the lens that I look at all these issues.
0: Speaking of school funding, will you support the Quality Education Act?
1: I, I, I know there's a debate now over what the fiscal note was on the, uh, on the Quality Education Act, particularly relative to the tax bill we had last year. I, I would just add that you look at the amount of money that we put into education, you look at the amount simultaneously with all the tax issues we've had, Idaho education and the taxpayers have got a good deal under what we've done the last two years. And I I don't know why, uh, People they need to look at make their decision on that vote predicated on the trajectory that we've been on and the c- trajectory that we'll continue on if I'm successful in November.
0: If you're successful in November, is that trajectory going to include fixing problems like we've read about recently with, you know, the Middleton School District, for example, having to hold classes in public spaces like libraries or teachers teacher lounges. Is is this good deal that you speak of for Idahoans, enough to fix those very real problems related to growth?
1: Well, uh, you know, we do bond levy equalization. We help out in quite a few areas uh, in schools. But, you know, Middleton's a good example, and I used to represent Middleton. Uh, If you're going to have wholesale uh, growth and not maintain your your facilities, uh, you're going to have an issue. Is that a state problem or is that a local problem? That that's a debate we ought to have. It's a legitimate debate. Uh, does every school district get the exact same number of gymnasiums uh, that you know Blaine County has? Uh, we have got about 12 different laws we passed in response uh, to a how sufficient were we in meeting our constitutional challenge? We need to continue to look at them, but we can't fix everything at the state level. That's why you elect your local trustees and you participate in, and hypothetically, if you've got enough growth, you've got new uh, tax revenue coming in, that should pick up part of the part of the growth going through there. People will object to a school bomb once in a while, but if they plan it correctly and they got one bond going off and another one going on, they ba- basically make the case we can have a new school and your taxes won't go up.
0: You know, switching gears here, um, there was a Boise Dev investigation this summer that found that uh, ITD knew about potential problems with construction on Highway 55. Um, it's now significantly over budget, behind schedule. Um, had some pretty dangerous landslides at one point. You asked for answers from ITD after that investigation came out. Did you get those answers and are you satisfied with them?
1: We did, uh, but what we weren't satisfied with was the magnitude of the problem and that we didn't know about it. And the fact that uh, you know, legitimate questions were being asked and they weren't being answered in what, what we expect. And I, I believe we've got that problem. I'm never excited when a project goes double uh, over, over their budget. Now, the Department of Transportation is run by an independent board. I was with two of them yesterday at a, uh, a groundbreaking for a big project in Pocatello. And uh, they, they're the ones that are ultimately responsible. But for us, uh, you know, we've got an expectation about when there's a legitimate uh, request, uh, that that request is, is not answered. And if, I, I think they would agree that there was the old classic failure to communicate and uh but we it i got a lot of feedback about how safe it was i drove through there sunday morning early and uh that cut eight which is the controversial part of it that goes clear to the top of the hill and 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 there and the other thing is which we didn't have before i grew up driving that road from i've been driving that road for 50 some years And rolling rocks have always been a problem there. The new construction, they're gonna put nets in there to where that's not gonna be a problem. Because I know when the weather changes in the spring, particularly when you have freeze and thaw, Highway 55 is something that every driver needs to be very careful with.
0: Are you satisfied with changes that ITD may be making after having those conversations? Oh,
1: yes. It it looked like it was, uh, you know, it's not a big deal, but it was a big deal, particularly when they when they dove into it, and uh, I, I think we've got the correction, but we were, I think needless to say, I wasn't very excited about it when I first heard about it, that A, we didn't know about it, and B, there was an issue. But, you know, I did a lot of work, the legislature did a lot of work to get ITD more funding. If things are gonna cost double what they are, what's what's gonna fall off the end of the, and you know, and that's a unique piece of real estate, there's no question about it, but we, we have to be better at bidding these projects. I used to ask every state agency, are we on time and are we under budget? I joked the other day that if you're under budget, you probably bid it too much, given, uh, particularly in the construction area, uh, the hyperinflation we have there, which is a real problem.
0: So here's a really wonky question for you. Does that mean that the bidding process on the state level needs to change so we get an accurate view of what these projects are gonna cost with our actual needs as a state?
1: You can you could do that, uh, but we, I mean, you could say we gotta do every, in this particular instance, we gotta do every kind of core drilling, we gotta do every kind of everything before it, but then the board has to make the determination Is that money that we spend preparing the bid gonna be counter to efficiently doing the job? It's something you always need to review. And in fact, in a new inflationary, uh, if this is gonna be the new normal, the cost of steel, concrete, construction, equipment is gonna be the new normal, we do need to relook at, just like business would, uh, bidding these projects uh, with a finer Uh, finer point than we did before but uh, I you know I expect all the agencies uh, to be adaptive to uh, changing economy.
0: speaking of that road up to McCall there are a lot of upset people in Valley County right now after the land board voted to auction off Cougar Island. Um, You're constitutionally bound to make decisions that get the greatest financial benefit of course but that doesn't take into account other uses of the land or the effects on the community. Do you support a constitutional change on this?
1: Well, you, you kind of got two questions in there. Uh, one of them is uh, w- that was in the queue for over two years mm. and I don't know what the community up there was thinking about uh, and in fact, there's one house on it now. Under the under the, probably the wildest scenario, there might be two on it the endowment is going to get who knows how many million dollars. It's really not going to change much from what it is. The bigger question is the state over 80 years has aggregated real estate in McCall because they knew it was going to be worth more. So there are communities in Idaho that had state land that now have all federal land because it, that all got exchanged to there. We And we actually, when we had the uh, earlier discussion, uh, we have not been precluded from saying maybe we can get enough revenue here uh, with somebody to expand Ponderosa Park, to have more open space and still uh, capitalize on it.
0: The Ponderosa par- Park is that state park for right. people who aren't familiar it, with ex- the area. Expand
1: uh, Ponderosa State Park. But the question is, are you gonna allow affluent people in Ada, Blaine, Valley, Bonner, uh, Teton County to say, we want our state land for a park, and you guys everywhere else generate cash off of it. I don't think now the people in those counties would love that that you convert that state land. And in fact, if we do that, it leads to your second question, you'd have to amend the Constitution.
0: Do you support amending the Constitution?
1: Well, see, There's a lot of different ways you can amend the Constitution. Uh, that they did that in Colorado. I was, uh, I w- I w- I've been aware of that. And in fact, m- most states have different ways in which their lands were given to them and stated how they're used, uh, you know, The devil's in the detail of what that constitutional amendment looks like, but we do have an obligation to maximize income off of that land.
0: Okay, one last question. Are we gonna see you with the debates in October?
1: We shall see.
0: Okay. The regular season of Idaho Reports returns to Idaho Public Television on October 2nd, and be sure to watch for the Idaho Debate Schedule, which will be out in September. We hope to see you there, Governor. Uh, In the meantime, you can always find our political analysis and in-depth reporting from around the state online, as well as our weekly podcast at IdahoPTV.org slash Idaho Reports. Thanks so much for watching.